0: google podcast didn't put us up because russia and ukraine there you go you're blaming people
1: again (laughs) Stop!
2: (laughs) they say home is where the heart is so i wonder why your motherfucker always
0: feeling heartless welcome to episode 58 of doubly negative as always i'm chris here with my friend kyle kyle how are you
2: okay chris how you doing
0: good so we have our first guest in i feel like it's been quite a long time was our Mm. last guest nick maybe damn
2: if so it's been a really long time
0: it has been a really long time but today we are joined by my good friend josh fenton josh how are you doing
1: i am great how are you doing chris and kyle
0: awful i had a pretty tough day josh
1: yeah why did you have a tough day So,
0: I was talking about this earlier with someone where when someone says, oh, hey, how you doing in passing? They should know it's a rhetorical question, but since we're on a podcast, (laughs) since we're on a podcast, I'm going to go into it a little bit. Arsenal lost, and they got smacked by their rivals, and I am not happy about it, and it's been affecting me since it happened at, I want to say, three o'clock, shit started hitting the fan, so... I've carried that around today.
1: That really affects you that much?
0: Yeah, I'm very aggravated.
1: I was I, really expecting more of that story. I'm not going to lie.
0: No, understandably so. But I don't. I not There's nothing more else to say. Where I get overly affected by the outcome of sports, where I don't have an effect on it, but I'm just really passionate about it. Really you must passionate. Have that. You're a Celtics fan. Like you're a I feel like you're a pretty big sports fan, Josh.
1: I'm a huge sports fan. I would say when I was younger I had a bigger issue with that. Like if the Pats lost, it would literally ruin my week. Like you couldn't even speak to me. Like yeah. it didn't matter if you were my girlfriend, my mom, my best friend, if you said anything to me and the Pats lost, you were an idiot and you were wrong. Um, but I've definitely gotten better over the years kind of focusing on controlling what I can control and not worry about that. Like, yeah, I want to see them win, obviously, but at the same time, it's like, c- could I control if Giannis has 60 or if he has two? No, I'm not like, U- Udoke has not put me in the game. So I just try not to worry about it as much as possible.
0: Yeah. I um, I've gotten better. I used to be way worse, but it still bothers me like until the next game where we hopefully set it right or hopefully, and it's only with soccer where I'm this upset. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still care with Patriots, Celtics, all that jazz, but with Arsenal, it's a whole different thing. And it's a problem. This is insane to me. Yeah. Like I was, I
2: was really big into soccer too for a while, but I think, I think I did that whole thing where I really rooted for the team and I was upset when they lost but I think I was kind of like playing my part in a play almost like I'm supposed to be upset so I'm going to act upset but I don't it never really affected me that much and it's pretty I don't know I'm I'm really surprised to to hear that both you guys had that like for, for a week when the Patriots lost like was that were the Patriots the most important thing would anything else affect you that much do you know what I mean
1: maybe major life events like, yeah. like death in the family least, yeah. like like grandma like, um, died
0: but the patriots lost i don't give a fuck about grandma mac yeah. jones needs to get his like, head
1: out of his ass i was also a kid like i was like this was probably like my early 20s so i really didn't have a ton to i guess live for for lack of a better <laughs> term like you know like, i got a job but at the same time it was like that was like the top priority even now like I won't get upset what they lose, but a lot of these games I have to watch or at least have to have them on in the background. Or, like, we're out – I got to make sure it's at a place where the game is on.
0: Yeah. It's just – I get those reactions with Arsenal. I was watching it at work today. They gave up a goal. I took my headphones off, threw them at my desk, and I just threw my hands up. And I'm sure there are people in the office that have no idea why I'm doing that, but they just see me throwing my hands up and just throwing shit off on my head. Like an asshole.
1: I I wouldn't even know how to respond. I would probably make some stupid passive-aggressive joke.
0: Yeah, they're probably just like, man, he hates his job, or IT must be tough. But it's, nope, Arsenal gave up a goal, and I'm really upset about it.
2: Well, there was an episode of Seinfeld where uh, George... Was pretending to be busy and they asked him how he did that. And he said, You just have to look annoyed and stressed out all the time. So maybe they just think you're working really hard.
0: They walk by your desk and you're,
1: just,
0: ah. I'm going to get a massive raise then because <laughs> I mean, I look stuff st- all the time. <laughs> I look stressed. No, I keep a level head at work. A lot of people say, Wow, well, I've never seen you get mad, but it's very rare that I get mad. At just myself.
2: say you threw your headphones at work. <laughs>
0: Because it wasn't work related, I would classify that as being <laughs>
2: slightly
1: upset at work. Okay, I, see, yes. I
2: see, I see, I see. You're saying at the topic of
0: work. You're, I'm talking about at the location of work. So at the location of work, that's probably top. That's the only time I've ever gotten this upset because of the magnitude of the game. Right? It wasn't just like a regular. All right, playing them early in the season. It was an important game. And it meant a lot to the outcome of the season as a whole. So sorry. Where
1: does Arsenal even sit in the standings now? I don't even have that like knowledge off the top of my head.
0: They are fourth, but they're in a race with Tottenham, their biggest rival for fourth. So we're playing Tottenham today. We could win, get three points, them get zero. Instead, they get three points, we get zero. And now we're only one point ahead of them in the race and there's two games left in the season. So it, we cannot lose another game, and it's probably likely that we will. Why? Because one of our center backs got suspended today. One of them blew out a hamstring, and one of them's already hurt. So this, I mean, you
1: do got Newcastle and Everton left. So it's not the
0: most know difficult if matchup. I don't know if you've seen Newcastle since the transfer window, but they got bought by a guy with... 40 times the amount that the most like rich owner in the premier league has currently. Whoa. Yeah.
1: That, what does that even mean? That's just a stupid amount of money.
0: I might've made 40 times up, but they have a lot more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everything I just said might have been a lie, but it's the truth.
0: <laughs> but listen, just know it's a fucking lot. So they bought a bunch of players. They're going to buy more next season, but they're better now. I don't want to bore people too much with soccer talk because nobody really? That's fucking... all
1: we've talked about since we got on
0: here. So we're going to move on. Just know that I'm upset with <laughs> okay? It started with me being upset and then Kyle asking, wow, how can you get so upset? And then it, we went down a rabbit hole. That's how upset I am. I let us go down a rabbit hole of something no one cares about.
1: Well, I'm sorry for your loss.
0: Thank you. Finally. First person to say it today. No, nah, my right. wife said it. My wife said it earlier.
1: But, but did she a...
0: mean it? she doesn't care remember she's listening to this she might not be it's been a while since she she downloads but she doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> she listens to me all week um so i guess we can jump into what you do um you put up videos on youtube you're a content creator i hate using that term do you hate hearing that term
1: i like content creator better than influencer
0: oh yeah fuck oh, yeah. influencer
1: yeah. Like 110%. Like when I think content creator, I think there's two types of content creators. There's like content creator A, who's like, I'm really gonna put effort into this in providing like value and making sure it's like interesting and really kind of making sure it's like a passionate project. Then there's content creator B who's just like, I'm gonna put this out to say I'm a content creator and put it out and try to make money.
0: Yeah, those are the people that suck.
1: Yes. I exactly
0: fucking Can't stand those people.
1: Yeah, I've never been a fan of them. And it's, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've seen so many people like that. They'll be like, I'm going to post every single day. And they post one video. And they're like, this is harder than I thought. Because putting a 10-minute video together can easily take six plus hours of editing. So I'm not going to do it. And it's just too hard. And I don't have time. But you do have time.
2: You, uh, You caught me. By the way, I, I watched one of your videos, it popped up and uh, it, it was a, it was a title that I liked and I, I watched the whole thing and I was like, damn, cause we were, I was on your podcast a while back and uh, you told me it took you like, I don't remember, it was like 10 hours to edit a video, something like that. It was quite a while. Maybe it was something not. like
1: that. The most recent ones have taken a very long time.
2: Well, yeah, I watched this video. It was like um, how I would invest ten thousand dollars in twenty twenty two. Was that the title?
1: Yeah, that was one of the newer ones. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I was like, "Damn, this is very well produced." Because I, we even talked about it on your podcast too. Like, you're constantly switching the imagery so the the viewer doesn't get bored. Um, you're it, it relates to what you're
1: talking about the the
2: topic. It, it was a really good video. I just yeah
1: appreciate that. But I've noticed, like, Kyle, we were talking about this. Since I started creating content, like, if you watch any TV show or movie, you're going to notice so many different things that you never noticed before. Like, if you just watch any episode of any TV show, watch the first minute and count how many different camera angles there are. I guarantee you there's going to be over 20 different camera angles in the first minute. And that's, like, on the lower end. It's just astronomical how often things are changing And then getting the lighting right at all specific times, it's like mind-boggling how much time goes in it. And people just think, well, it's very easy. Anyone can make videos. It's like anyone can make videos, but to make a good video takes a lot of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you do a really good job at it. I must say that. Um, We haven't mentioned the name of your podcast yet. You have Potato Finance. And then what is the name of your YouTube channel? Just so people can check it out if they want. Just my name, Josh Fenton. Josh Fenton. And you do have really good finance advice. Um, If you want to talk finance advice, me and Kyle are not the guys for it. We have no background in it. Well, actually, Kyle, you you know, you dabble in crypto a bit. He's a Bitcoin Uh, writer. Yeah, he writes writes informational (laughs) articles for people who want to invest in Bitcoin. So maybe I'm the odd one out here.
1: Yeah, you got Arsenal.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's my problem. Uh, Crypto. That's all I'll say. Just shake your head.
2: I'm not buying a scary, scary fucking thing. It's so scary. And this is kind of funny because I I really believe in it. I really do. And my dad, um, he just sees the prices and the graph of like where the prices have been. So he's been here for two weeks now. We in 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 Bali, sorry. So bored. I'm so bored. (laughs) Um and and he's looking for something to invest in because he got inheritance from his mom. And uh, he's talking about Bitcoin every day, like, oh, it's it's at the lowest point in a year, dah, 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 dah. and he really wants to invest. And I actually believe in it, and I'm scared as fuck. I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a good investment, but it could so easily go to zero. And I just had that conversation with him every single day. Uh, so I'm just tired of it and scared of crypto. And yeah. Uh,
0: so Josh, maybe shocked. being the expert here, you can talk. I know you're not big into crypto as it is, but maybe you can give a little insight on why you're not big into crypto and why you've kind of stayed away with it as someone who has a finance background.
1: So first of all, I would be utterly shocked if Bitcoin went to zero. I think that's like a a less than a 1% probability. Like I think crypto is going to be around for a long time. I think there's going to be a lot of losers out there like Dogecoin and all these other coins. But I think like Bitcoin, Ethereum, those are just going to be around forever. I don't see that, like, I really think Bitcoin's a buy right now, especially with the big dip. And I think you'll make lots of money over the coming years. As for why I don't buy it, I, it kind of goes back to where do I think the best place for my money is? So it's like, I'm better with stocks. I feel more comfortable investing in stocks. And it's easier for me to pick out a company that I think is going to do better over the next three or five years as opposed to a cryptocurrency. So everyone has a finite amount of money that goes around, whether you're Elon Musk, or whether you're Chris Bullock, or Josh Fenton, or I don't know, whoever, everyone has a finite amount of money to invest. So it goes back to where is the best place I think I can put my money where I'm going to get the best ROI without being too over diversified. Because if you're going to buy like, 40 or 50 different stocks, you're better off just putting your money in an index fund, I feel like, because I think it's after like 20 stocks, you don't see better returns. So you want to try to find the best deals possible. So to me, I don't think Bitcoin's the best deal because I don't have the highest conviction of it. Some people do, and that's great for them, but I personally don't. So I just kind of try to stick to what I know and where I think I'll see the best ROI over time. And you want to be able to sleep at night too. Like I could tell you guys like XYZ stock is going to go to the moon for lack of a better term. And that might be great. I might believe that. But if you don't believe that, you're going to be checking it all hours of the night. You're going to be checking it all day, every day. It's all you're going to think about. And I've been there and I've done that. And It's not a very good feeling when you're trying to work. But all you can think about is like, let me pull out my phone and check this for the 10th time this hour to see if it went up or down half a percent. So yeah, there's a little insight into why. I don't buy crypto.
2: That makes a lot of sense. Um, I was in that position very recently where I actually, I've been in that position a couple of times over the last couple of years where I kind of talked to someone who seemed very knowledgeable about an investment and it seemed like a good idea to follow them. Um, And regardless of the results, that's not really the point. What you're talking about is just, the feeling of putting your money somewhere you're not sure about, you're just following someone else. And uh, yeah, I I, I was in that position as well. And
1: it sucks. Yeah. I wouldn't do that again. Not a great feeling because if you don't have conviction, there's really no reason you're essentially gambling in that case. Exactly.
2: And there's all this, um, there's all this other stuff tied up into it too. Whether or not they're a friend or just someone you met, like, let's say for example, they're a friend then if it goes down and you're losing money are you going to resent that friend for giving you that tip and if they're not a friend are you going to feel like an idiot for trusting this person you never met uh there's all these other psychological side effects involved so yeah it's a lot better to do your own research if possible
1: that's another great point i've never really thought of it that way if you would have that resentment towards a friend i could definitely see the idiot portion of it if it's just some random person I feel like it would
0: be hard not to get that resentment towards that friend. Like you told me, you assured me, depending on how like persistent they were with it. Like this is 100% going to make you money. You need to put almost everything you have into it right now. Do it. And I do it and I lose money. Fuck that person. Cause they just put me in a very tough spot. How do you not build resentment? That is why oh, you need dude. to do your own research. And that's why yeah. I respect your angle on it all where you're, I've texted you before and I said, hey, I'm going to invest. What should I do? And you go, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. That's a very smart answer to that question. Oh, dude,
1: like 110%, like that's the thing. If one person, it's one thing if I say to you, like I I like ABC stock and you're like, put all your money in it. And it's like, all right, dude, I sent you like three words and you put all your money into it. Like that's your fault. Yeah. But if I'm like, dude, you got to get in, you're missing out, like just continuing to ride you and ride you and ride you. Then I'm I'm kind of like a jerk in that case. It's like, why am I riding you? It's like, it should be your decision. Like, you work for your money.
0: But there are people out there like that that will push and push and push. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. He's pushing shit stocks on people just because he knows he's going to benefit off of it. You know? Mm. It's uh. That's what one of them... Sorry. uh,
2: That's what one of them was. This guy I met in the gym, he wasn't even my friend, but he was pushing this uh, small market cap crypto on me. And, uh, he was telling me about the unbelievable returns he made already and how it's going to keep shooting up. And then, uh, after we exchanged contacts, he just kept texting me about it. And I had to wonder like, why is he so invested in me making money? Seems like a pump and dump. Like, yeah. and he already knew I didn't have that much money. So why does he care so much about where my money goes? It was really weird. I, I don't know. I got, I got a weird scammy feeling from it, but then also just that question, like, it's so weird that he's that invested in my investment.
1: Did you ever find out why he cared so much?
2: I think I think it was more like uh, that he was so invested in it and so excited about it. Like he was telling me he had over 200K in it. And um, I think sometimes when we make an investment that we're a little bit insecure about, we're looking for other people to validate us.
0: Yes, and make that's us exactly more it. I gotcha.
2: With- I think maybe it was something like that. Yeah. So he was just kind of going around and I I mean, I was at the gym. I talked to him and then I watched him talk to other people. It's like he was just going around talk, telling everyone about it. Um and I, I've I've probably done that before. I probably did that with Ethereum in 2017. Um, because when I first heard about it, I was so excited about it and I wanted to tell people about it. But there was also that insecurity. And it's like if someone else agrees with me, then I can be more confident. If it's just me, then I'm not.
0: Yeah, it's almost having the anxiety of like, tell me this is a good idea. Like, I'm going to convince you it's a good idea so you can hopefully agree with me and tell me that, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And I feel less shitty about it. By the way, I'm such an asshole.
2: I realized that that sounded so like self-congratulatory. I'm like, I was like that in 2017 with Ethereum. I made a lot of money. I also, yeah, yeah. Made, a shit ton- <laughs> I also made a shit ton of bad trades. I'm way down right
0: now. I'm not, I'm not good at this. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I said it was Ethereum when I fucking cashed out. <laughs> dude you've been different no. since you hit with ethereum i've noticed that i didn't want to say it but you've been different since ethereum
1: since <laughs> ethereum
0: <laughs> you dude, since you cashed out on ethereum you changed. um yeah i don't know i just i started investing recently like Within the last couple of months. And it's been nothing but down, down, down. And um, I kind of want to know your take on, you know, not panicking, you know, cause I get nervous. I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose a bunch of money. I just put in here. And it's not really my fault. Well, it kind of is my fault, depending on what I invest in, but how do you kind of fight that anxiety and kind of just ride through it if you have to like when is like obviously there's a time to panic and it's a smart thing to do sell but not always so how do you even figure that out i feel like that's the huge difference between people that are shitty at investing and good at investing knowing when to sell not panic and then knowing to hold when other people are panicking
1: there's probably about a hundred different ways i could break this down yeah so
0: Pretty open-ended question.
1: First off, do you have a better place to put the money? So let's say you put 100K in and you're down 50K, let's say. Say you sell out, where are you going to put that 50K? You're going to put it in a savings account where it's just going to depreciate anyway. You're just going to write off the loss. Do you have some a different asset class you want to put that money? Like, has your conviction lessened in any of these, whether they're stocks or it's real estate or cryptos or anything? Like, that's the first thing you got to ask yourself. All right, say I sold this hypothetically. What am I going to do with this money? Am I just going to leave it in cash? Because if that's the case, like probably not the best case scenario to sell it. Second, I tell people just not to look at it. Like, I think that's better if you have your conviction and you keep like staying up to date with your investments, whether there are stocks or real estate or whatever the case may be. And you still have that conviction. Like, don't look at it because all you're going to do is just like, it's going to be like a roller coaster. You're going to be up, you're going to be down. You're going to be checking it all the time. It's going to lead to more paranoia. And you're just going to continue to not have that sense of like doubt, I guess you would say, and just really be confused and lost. And it's going to affect your mood if you really get caught up in it. So it's probably best to just not check it unless you're, this is from stock market perspective, unless you're buying things. Like right now, that's the only time I will check it is if, I'm buying things. Otherwise I won't look at it, whether it's up or whether it's down. I have a separate watch list to look at things that is not linked to any of my portfolios. So I don't have to worry about that. But most importantly, you have to ask yourself, can you stomach this? Like, Can you stomach the volatility? Can you stomach stock prices going up and down and all over the place? And the VIX is very high right now, which is just like the volatility index, which as you can see, that's why stock prices are going all over the place. If you can't stomach this, then just you're probably better off getting out. Like, because there's nothing more important than your health at the end of the day. And you don't want to, like, it's great when everything's rising high, but this is the price you pay sometimes. So, if you can't handle picking individual stocks, it might be better just putting your money in some sort of index fund or some sort of mutual fund and taking a little bit less risk, but feeling a little bit more secure at the end of the day. But the thing I like to tell people is, Every single economic downturn there's ever been, every single problem, what's happened at the end of the day? The markets have recovered. The markets have gone back up. They've returned to all-time highs. I've always thought it's very dangerous to bet against the U.S. economy because the United States does innovate extremely well. Uh, This might be a different conversation if we're talking about Japan or China or some other market. But the United States does innovate extremely well and is extremely dangerous to bet against them. The only time, looking back, of all the research I've done on all bear markets and stock market crashes, that it really made sense to sell out of everything and say, I can't do this, was March of 2020. That was a time period when you looked at things and you're at a once in a hundred year health event. You're hearing talk of losing 5 to 10% of the population you're hearing talk of half of the companies in the S&P 500 are going bankrupt. You're hearing talk of the economy being closed for three years and the economy is already closed. Outside of that, everything else is just child's play to me. And I feel like there's always going to be issues in the market. There's always going to be issues with inflation. There's always going to be issues with some country. There's always going to be issues over here. There's going to be issues over there. At the end of the day, it's just noise. At the end of the day, I feel like the game to play is just buy and hold, like buy companies you believe in, buy funds you believe in, put your money in asset classes that you've done research on, you believe in, and just hold it at the end of the day. If you're trying to trade in and get out, that's a game you can win. I know people that do it and that are good at it, but it's a much harder game to win than just buying and holding and sticking with your conviction.
0: Yeah, it seems like you like to play things on the safer side, which I think is a good thing to do when you're dealing with large amounts of cash. It also seems like you put more stock in your personal feelings on the company rather than your feeling on what the price is at the moment and if it'll rebound. It's more of your belief in that company and where you think it's going to go.
1: Right. And you've also got to remember the way I look at things is say you're buying ABC stock at $100, let's say, and you do your research and you decide, I really like this stock. I really like this valuation. I really like this price. I think this is going to go to 200, 300, 400, $500 over the coming years. Just for example, and let's say that stock goes down to $50, goes from 100 to 50. People are like, I got to sell out. Me, I'm like excited because I loved the valuation at $100. Now I can buy shares for cheaper at $50. And I still think that stock is going to go to 200, 300, $400 over the coming years. So to me, it's just a no brainer to continue to buy it. It's like if you go to Apple and you're gonna say, I'm gonna buy the new iPhone for $1,000 and you get there and the iPhone's on sale for $750 and you're just like, oh shoot, it's on sale, I have to pay less money, I'm not gonna buy it. Like, does that make any sense? But for some reason in the stock market, there's this, or just investing in general, there's this theory behind that where it's like, if it goes down, you better get out. When in reality, the more it goes down, the less risk there actually is.
0: All right. So I might be able to relate this to something in my personal life. And you're going to make the final decision on what I do in my personal life. It's a very big decision too.
1: (laughs) No pressure.
0: (laughs) And it has to do with real estate. So I hope you're ready.
1: I was born ready.
0: Okay. So right now I'm caught between like selling my house, buying a new house. I can get more for my house currently in the market, but I'm going to have to pay more. So my worry right now is if I sell this house, get more money, and then I buy a house with the cheaper interest rate, I feel like over time, the market's going to come down a bit, that house is going to be worth less. So I'm worried about the long term investment, um, buying a house for the prices they are now with a lower interest rate, to when maybe potentially I want to sell this property and I'm paying a loan that's worth way more than what the property is actually worth. That's a big fear of mine right now.
1: Well, I will say real estate is one of the most reliable investments. Mm. If you look statistically over time, real estate does hold up very well, even in economic downturns. 2008 was an exception to that for obvious reasons, because the entire financial system almost just collapsed right before our eyes. But I don't think I would sell it. Why do you want to sell it? What is the reason behind that? First of all,
0: I just want a bigger house. That's all I'm ready to upgrade.
1: For what reason?
0: Family coming soon, you know, pumping and dumping. If you've been following along, you okay, know, Oh, yeah. uh, speaking of, <laughs> Uh, patreon.com slash be Negative. My wife and I are doing a whole series and, you know, everyone you want to check it out, check it out there. But, you know, we're going to be starting a family soon. Uh, want to upgrade. Want more room, bigger yard. I just want more. Are you trying to
2: make a profit by selling? Like, are you trying to take the same money you get from selling your house and buy a bigger house? You're like, you're trying to, like, upgrade or are you trying to inject more cash to like you want to in does
0: that question make sense i feel like it's a little bit of both um i mean i've done a lot of work to the current house i'm currently in me and my father in law i want to keep that very clear because i am not a manual labor person he is he's done a lot of work for us here at this house and he's made it look way better than what it was I can sell this house for more than double what I paid for it at the moment.
1: Have you put any offers on any other houses or have you considered that?
0: We've been looking passively, but we haven't put any offers out because those offers would be contingent on us selling this property.
1: So if you put that property up today, you could probably sell it in a couple of days. It would be gone. Yeah. But the issue is, you're also gonna have to, if you buy another property, say you, say your budget's three hundred thousand, and you find a house for three hundred thousand, you're gonna have to put in an offer of three hundred fifty thousand to even have a chance. You're gonna have to yep. bid so outrageously high, which is an issue, and especially with inventory being at a very, I don't, I don't know if it's an all-time low still, but it's extremely low. It's gonna be hard. I think it's possible we do see a pullback in real estate this year because real estate does lag the stock market for obvious reasons. It's much easier to sell a stock than it is to sell a house. So how much of a pullback we'll see in real estate? If we do, I don't know. I can't answer that. But if we do see some sort of correction, like a 5 or 10% drop, I wouldn't be surprised. Interest rates, I do see those continuing to go up. I don't see those stagnating just yet and I think that's a good thing for the economy, but I don't think I would sell it, but you have a good reason that's why you want to sell it. I think if you had given me any other reason besides a family, I would have said no, but like, we'd have just been like, oh, we want a bigger house. We want more space. Like we have better jobs now. I would just said, why? Like that doesn't make sense to me, but I'm also pretty frugal.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm in that same boat where it's like I want to be 100% sure this is the right move and I'm not going to rush to do something. Um, Granted, you know, going back to the, I want to upgrade because I want to start a family and stuff. I can still do that here, but I would prefer it elsewhere, but I, I absolutely don't need to. So that's kind of where I'm at. And it's a tough, like, it's a big life decision selling your house. And deciding to move and uproot and go somewhere else. Increase your bills, increase a lot of things. It's just, it's a lot. Does it almost not
2: matter the prices? Okay, so the only, I know nothing. But I, <laughs> <laughs> is pr- <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm thinking is, whether the market's high or low, it doesn't matter. Because if it's high, then you're going to sell high and buy high. If it's low, you're going to sell low and buy low. The only reason it would matter is if you sell now and then rent for a while and then buy low, which might work, but it might not.
0: Does that make sense? I tossed around the idea. I want to throw that out here. I tossed around the idea. I don't think it's realistic at all. And I didn't tell my wife about it. So, Michelle, if you're listening, I love you. We'll talk about this later. Um, Selling the house, buying an RV, staying in a campground, and then buying a property when the housing market crashes oh so what i was just talking about yeah that's something i threw around but i'd be
1: so for that idea i don't think i I could
0: seriously do that though that's tough it's tough when you have like a dog and
1: you know uh yeah i would love to like just move out and live in an rv or like a truck for a year and just travel the united states
0: yeah that seems like a, a sick thing to do just buy like one of those is it a conversion van? Is, am I using the right word there? Conversion van? Uh, no, that doesn't know, sound man. right at all. I'm making shit up. One of those vans, big van, Nick, one of our most popular guests, who I'm going to talk to about coming on soon, has one of those vans where he turned the back into like a bed, there's a fridge, there's a little hot plate, there's stuff you can do with it. You can just drive around, travel. Like Doing that seems pretty
2: ideal. I like how you started by saying, I need a bigger house for my family. And, and now, now you're saying, I yeah, want to live in a fucking RV. Ultimate fidelity, <laughs> Like
0: You see where the problem is now, though, right? <laughs> like, I'm all over the place. I'm happy with either. Well, that that's better than being upset with either. No, I mean, I, I, I'll make whichever one work. Obviously, family is very important to me. But I'm saying in the meantime, between now and when the housing market crashes if it does if
1: if it crashes
0: yes if. if i i did say if there's no way to know if it will that's a possibility that i'd be down with
1: that's all it's honestly tough for me to give a super high level opinion here because i don't have a wife i don't have kids coming in the near future so to me that's just a decision that's like It's hard for me to even factor in because that's just nowhere near my immediate life and immediate future. So I'm very green in taking that into consideration. Like personally, I want to tell you, don't sell it. Yeah. Um, But I am also don't have a wife and kids.
0: I think that's an important distinction though. And I'm glad you said that because like Kyle said, he was talking to this guy at the gym, invest this money, invest this money. You don't know that guy's current life situation. Right. So it might be right for him, but it's not right for you. So I think that's an important distinction when you're taking advice from somebody, where is this person at person at in their life? And you know, where are their, where do their priorities lie? It fits with their life. Does it fit with mine? So I think that's an important thing to take into account when taking advice from somebody.
1: Oh, hundred percent. Like the RV thing, like it would be very easy, maybe not easy, but it's very, it'd be very doable for me to buy an RV and just travel the United States for like a year or whatever. Like I I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have kids. I don't have animals. Like literally it'd be very easy and no one even better than I, but Chris, if you want to do that, what's Michelle going to say? You've also got the dog. You also own a house. Like there's so many other factors like going into that. And this is a very extreme example, but I think you get what I'm trying to say here.
0: You're going to hit me up in like two weeks and be like, dude, I'm so glad I came on the pod. I bought a fucking RV. I'm out of here. If you want to bank <laughs> up a few episodes, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> uh, so um, kind of along the, the frugality line that we've been talking about here, I kind of want to go to you, Kyle, because, you know, you don't have some of the responsibilities I do as far as like student loans and you chose the frugal life rather than the responsibility not responsibility. I feel like the way I'm framing this makes me sound like an absolute asshole. Makes me sound like an asshole. No, 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 because it's <laughs> you're doing it's not, what you want to do. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but I'm sounding like, so I have the, I, I have student loans and, you know, I have stuff at the pie. And no, I, that's not what I'm, I'm take over. Go ahead. I'm just talking well, myself further question. and further no, into a yeah, corner. Yeah, finish in. the question. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I want to turn it to you kind of, and, like, get your whole take on the whole situation. Like, you're very happy doing what you do. You made that decision. It's a hard decision to make for some people. Like, go over it a little bit. Enlighten us. Okay, well, I think I know what you're getting at. I'm just... Um, You guys take over. I'm going to go out there, finish the pod. I'll send it to you when you guys are done.
2: No, so I, I, don't, I don't know anything about investing really, but I think somehow I was, it was just innate in me that I had like the best financial wisdom I had was always kind of innate in me. It's like those expensive things never really attracted to me, uh, uh, attracted me. For example, buying, buying a new car or something like that. I always just thought that is not a good idea for me. Maybe it is for other people. Maybe buying a brand new car would make them happy, but I was just never interested in, in it. And I, I always, I guess I was a minimalist from a young age without even knowing what that was. Um, it always just, I, I guess I was attracted to the idea of having freedom rather than things. So when I had an extra few hundred dollars, oh yeah, okay, I wanted freedom and I didn't want to work. So if I had an extra few hundred or a few thousand dollars, I would think, this represents time that I don't have to work. I wouldn't think this represents a jet ski or something.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and I kind of just followed that idea to it's not conclusion, but I'm still following that idea. And that's why I moved to a really cheap country because I can take the same income I had in the United States where I would be dirt poor. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be able to afford an apartment sometimes, but I went to a cheaper country and I can. So so I guess that's like a roundabout way of saying that the financial wisdom that I have that I didn't even really, well, I guess I did earn it. It's just minimize costs. Um, yeah, that, that was it for me. And uh, again, like Josh was saying, that's, that's not going to work for someone that's really hell bent on having a family or something like that. But I never was. Uh, I don't know, maybe someday. But, but for me, it was always just make the cost as low as possible. And then my freedom would be as high as possible.
0: So I guess you kind of directed me to the point that I didn't know I wanted to make. Um, I feel like a lot of people base their self-worth on what other people's goals are. Mm. Oh, I'm not going to be happy until I get to this person's point. You know, like I want to make as much money as this guy or, Oh, I can't believe that guy got a promotion. You get jealous because they're making more money. It doesn't matter where someone else in life is you shouldn't base your happiness off of what someone else is doing you should base it off of what you want as a human being you value freedom that's okay that doesn't mean you're less than or more than anybody else that's just what you as a person values and you're going for that so i see you as a success story you're doing what you want to do and you weren't afraid to go for it that's kind of the point i was trying to get to where i couldn't get a question out
2: Oh yeah thanks Um, yeah, thanks. But, uh, I also, also had that, um, so when I do hear what other people are making, I do get a tinge of like, Oh damn, I wish I was making that. Um, but I guess I also had this other thing where I just kind of don't think most people are happy. Yeah. So even when I hear about someone that's making a lot of money, but they have to work a ton, I never really envied other people like that. Unless I have very clear evidence that they love their job and they're really happy. I don't get that kind of jealousy over finances. Um, I think you have to part of
0: it. Yeah. I think you have to take, Oh man, I'd really like that amount of money. Obviously who wouldn't like that amount of money, but what are they sacrificing to get that amount of money? Is it worth is what they're doing for that amount of money worth sacrificing what I'm currently doing?
1: That's what you have to ask at the end of the day It's if it really is worth it.
0: Yeah. Is life worth it? Should we all just end it? (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. It depends how deep you want to take it, you know? What am I doing all this for? I I saw
2: um, a Reddit post last week and it said um, there was some sort of poll where they asked a large group of people, you have two choices. You could have your dream job and keep your current current salary option a or you could keep your current job and double your salary and the overwhelming majority of people picked option b um and that was a little bit surprising to me i guess i understand it and i ended up reading the comments and of course everyone's like well it's getting harder and harder to live you need to make more money of course money and and i don't make enough already so why what would my dream job help me but it was really interesting because that's kind of the opposite of my philosophy um like really your dream job or double your salary
0: at what you're currently doing unless you have your dream job already i just it's kind of depressing that that poll kind of shows how many people don't actually have their dream job They're just used to working shit and they assume everything's going to be shit. Almost none. Yeah. I mean, how many people can be like, six o'clock, can't wait to get to work? Like, how many people can genuinely say that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like kind of fulfillment and passion are two very important things in life in general. And I feel like the majority of people don't have those things because I can't tell you... Say you're a waitress, for example, how many waitresses out there are truly passionate and feel fulfilled by putting food on that table for that they didn't make for someone else to eat? Like how many waitresses are really out there? Maybe 10%, 20% and that might be on the high end that are truly, truly passionate about what they do, but why do they do it? Because it pays well and it puts food on the table for them. So if they could trade that for a job where they feel fulfilled and it's something they're passionate about and continue down that path every single day, I don't see why you wouldn't. And I feel like if you really were passionate about it and you could get by, then you would figure out a way to make more money in the end. It might take a little bit longer than overnight doubling your salary, but I think you would figure it out in the end.
0: So I guess it's all on a scale, really. If you're on, Kind of a lower-paying job with, I guess, lower rate of passion. I mean, there are only some certain jobs. There's no way you can actually be passionate about. I feel, so I guess it it's all on a scale for who's answering that poll. So that's one way you could take it a little further. Is okay. So the people that answered this to that poll, what do you do for a living?
2: I also took it as well. well, Actually, just thought of this now as Josh was talking. Maybe society's become so disillusioned can't even imagine what it would be like to have passion and fulfillment in a job so when we hear about that it just it just doesn't register it's not fathomable yeah most people just think i'll take double my salary um and especially because i don't know i know it's it's getting really bad for a lot of people um as far as cost wise go like I I guess we're a group of people that have been careful and we're very lucky. We're we're definitely lucky compared to many people. But, uh, yeah, if you just imagine, like, you're trying to start a family or you already have a family and you're barely making ends meet, um, you would almost have to pick double the salary because what does it matter if you're following your passion if if you can't put food on the table? So, yeah, it's it's depressing to think about all, all around. It really
0: is terrible. You're willing to sacrifice what you genuinely care about just to get by
1: Like, if you go back to when we were younger, like even in like kindergarten, first grade, second grade through middle school and high school, basically day in and day out, you're doing something you necessarily don't want to do yeah. like how i I don't know how many people in middle school were excited to put together a science project that made no sense to them or do this history project on George Washington or Ernest Shackleton or Aristotle or whatever the case may be. I don't know how many people like that are up there. And you do that for so long in your life, it just becomes second nature. And you go down this path where it's like, you have to do this job because you went to school for it. You spent all this time doing it. Rather than saying, how can I pivot and spin this into doing something that I'm gonna be very fulfilled with and can wake up with a smile every day on my face and as well provide for my family if that's the path to take.
0: Yeah, i I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on here. Do you think that's by design?
1: I have a conspiracy theory that it is. I've talked about that.
0: Was it with let's, you I talked
1: about it with on the podcast? Maybe it was maybe it was Nick. I talked baby. about that with someone though.
0: Let's get into it. Yeah, we're all about conspiracy theories here.
1: I think, I don't understand why, I guess, scaling your income and really basic life things like taxes, why none of this was ever taught in school. And I don't know if it's because like, I don't want to say the government doesn't want you to think for yourselves and find all these loopholes, or what exactly the case is, but I think it's a little weird, and it has gotten a little bit better. There are a lot of states passing mandatory personal finance classes now, which is a step in the right direction. But Where is that thing-
0: a step in the like? Oh fuck, they're figuring this out. Let's just give them something. Let's let's just shut them up. We'll we'll give it to you. We didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know. Here you go. Have the have the I wouldn't say that.
1: I, I find that is a tough sell. Well, what do you think? I just,
0: you know, maybe it's by design. Keep them stupid, you know. We'll continue to market these certain things that they can't afford to them. They're going to want to buy it. We're not going to teach them how to manage their money. Taxes, you'll figure it out when you get there. I don't know. I just, I, I just got the tinfoil head on. I think maybe it's by design.
1: By pe- keeping people financially illiterate, it does make it very easy for banks and private lenders to make money like on student loans and all these other things. So like, I, I got to go to college. I, I got to go to law school. I got to get six figures in student loan debt. So it's very easy for them to make a lot of money.
0: Yeah. So when was the last housing crash? Does anyone have that date on hand? Cause I want to kind of reference it a little bit, but I don't want to just throw out a fake year, which I was going to do.
1: I The financial crisis. What year was that? Oh wait. I and don't know exactly. I don't know the exact date. It was like oh like, eight is fine. Like, yeah, somewhere in that time frame. Yeah, I don't know the exact Bank, week span.
0: Banks were essentially giving out loans to people that they knew
1: there was no way they could afford it. Yeah, you didn't have to prove anything. Yeah, there just, they were said, just like fifty k. I make one hundred k. Here you go, take it. Take my money.
0: Oh, oh you do. Here you go. Here's a loan. Here's a loan you can't afford to pay back. I feel like that they, they knew what they were doing. They were going to get that property back. They were going to get some cash out of it. And they were going to be able to repurpose that property. I got the tinfoil hat on.
1: I get what you're saying. But the thing is with that, it almost led to <laughs> the country collapsing. Like the entire financial system almost went belly up. And I feel like that's a little bit too extreme because that doesn't do anyone any good. Maybe that's I'm what they also want you to think. Maybe, th- here. maybe that's what they want you to think.
0: Maybe there's no financial system to go belly up. They're just ashing their cigars at a round table, sucking and fucking, taking advantage yes. of us. <laughs> I'm, all, <clears throat> I'm all for the tinfoil hat stuff. Um, I probably took it a little far,
2: let's be fair.
1: I, I would say a little bit.
2: Yeah, maybe a bit. It, <laughs> it just seems like, um, in this case, it just seems more like incompetency and uh, lack of real long-term thinking whether you're talking about education or the the housing crisis it seems like it was definitely greed um but i don't picture some ultra elite people sitting at a round table i I picture the people you saw in that movie the big short just those uh those low-level bankers and they picture uh, they they portrayed them as what i think they probably were And, and again i know nothing but um they just seemed like guys that didn't even really know what they were doing. They just made a commission or, or whatever it was by selling those loans. And, uh, and, and they were definitely guilty for a lot of it, but it, it went up to a certain point. I, I don't think it was, it probably wasn't some big conspiracy.
0: Yeah. Your theory there is much more likely than mine. I don't know.
1: I but did it for entertainment a re- value. All right. Whatever. Here's a really important point here. So Say they teach everything in schools, they teach finance, taxes, legitimately everything you could imagine that you need to know, and they lay it out for you. How many kids would actually listen? Um, I definitely wouldn't have. No, 100%. I would not have listened, not even be in the
0: same spot I am now.
1: That's what I mean. So it's like, I don't know.
0: I feel like That's that's what the whole world is. Just, I don't know. This seems right. Let's just do it. Rather than the conspiracy theory I went off on, it's just one of those. I don't know. It seemed right to teach kids this at the time. And now we're learning it's not. So let's fix it. That's that's reading,
2: writing and arithmetic. Yeah. Just some asshole came up with that 100 years ago and then nobody cared enough to change it. Uh, Little steps at a time.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's 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 more fun to think that I'm getting fucked over and it's not my fault, though. (laughs) <laughs> it's more. Fun I think, think that's that why
1: people want their decisions made for them. Yes. They don't want to. They don't want to make their own decision and do their own research and be wrong. So it's easier to have someone else make that decision for them and be wrong and say, "Yeah, this guy screwed me over."
0: Yeah. So what you're saying is, I just proved that I lack accountability. <laughs> I want to blame the school system <laughs> and not I... my own negligence.
1: So I guess you can throw that tinfoil hat in the fire now.
0: No, I'm I'm actually going to make a tinfoil hat that I can throw on anytime we start talking conspiracies. I'm going to keep it right underneath my desk. I like that idea. Yeah, that's, I thought about that <laughs> as cool. I was like, I've got a theory and then I was like, wait a minute, I yeah. should actually have a hat that I throw on when I have a theory like this. Let's do that. I want to yeah, do that. I'll make a tinfoil hat literally tomorrow. <laughs> that's too good. I just went off on a tangent that made no sense and made me look like a conspiracy theorist.
2: We're after yeah, minutes. I think, we can keep I think going. that that uh, that point about the school system though is pretty interesting. Actually, Josh, you didn't you didn't put your tinfoil hat on enough. I, I
0: don't think you really followed that yeah that theory. Well, let's hear a little bit more of that. Yeah, and I just want to let everyone know you should do exactly as Josh says in the beginning of this episode. he said you should invest in crypto, and if it doesn't work out, you should talk to him about it on his YouTube what I I heard that. In the comment section, though, so work that algorithm at least. So argue in the comments.
1: Like, I really feel like, sometimes I feel like, it's just, I feel like the government doesn't want you to think for yourself. It's like, all right, we're going to send you to school for 12 years, then you must go to you know, further education at a college and you must go to grad school and you must be in so much debt that you can't take any risk at all. You have to continue to live this structural nine to five job to continue to answer to someone. And oh, by the way, with all political things going on, it's like, you're going to want to listen to us and do whatever it is we tell you. And you're not going to look in and do your own research on whether whatever we're pitching to you is true or not, you're just going to believe that headline article that goes right across the top of the page because that's all you've been doing your entire life and you don't know how to think any differently.
0: That's what we're here for. So tell us your thoughts on the vaccine. No, I'm just kidding. I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't care, man. Like, no, I'm just I'm kidding.
0: Dying. No, no, no. All right. we, we got flagged last week because we put Russia and Ukraine in the description. We're not going to do that again. Spotify didn't put us up. Google Podcast didn't put us up because Russia and Ukraine. There you go. You are blaming people again. Stop. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it was Kyle's fault. He wrote the description last week. <laughs> I did. This is the lack of accountability again. Sure. up, but
1: like I don't know if any of that's true. Like I can't say I necessarily believe that wholeheartedly, but it's something. You know, i that's crossed my mind from time to time. Like, why are things like that? And why hasn't anything gotten any better? And why is it every single person I come in contact with just believe the first headline on CNN?
0: Notice you said CNN and not Fox. Just want to say that. So I think we <laughs> got your thoughts about the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. I think
2: um, even, even if there is no conspiracy, they're definitely not trying to make us smarter like even if our ignorance and lack of critical thinking is just incidental like a byproduct it it benefits them so they're not they're not taking any major steps to to take our tinfoil hats they want to give us tinfoil hats yeah you know what i'm saying yeah
0: i mean oh they're like oh this is kind of working out
1: well, yeah. let's just you
0: know keep it at what it is then. Mm. Huh. Bastards. We started with finance and we ended with conspiracy theories. This is how it was supposed to go. This is what happens when you don't have anything planned and you just hit record. You talk finance, you talk conspiracy. There it is. And That's, kids. The show. That's the show. All right, it's getting a little late. It's past mine and Josh's bedtime. Eleven twenty. um So yeah, go check out Josh on YouTube, Josh Fenton, Potato Potato Finance. He's had myself and Kyle on both great episodes. Must say, must say. Anything else you want to plug, Josh, while you're
1: here? Instagram, Josh Fenton, TikTok, Potato Finance, and yeah, those are about, that's all about all I got. Thanks for having me on, guys. This was a lot of fun. I think this was the first time I was ever a guest on a podcast.
0: Hell yeah. And it went very well. I thought it went
1: pretty good, yeah. I feel
0: like a lot of people are going to be like, oh, I'm going to listen to this Josh guy. I'm going to go follow his YouTube and shit.
1: They're probably going to like replay that one minute clip where I just go on a rant why you shouldn't sell your stocks like every single day when the market just drops twenty percent every day.
0: Yeah, they're gonna be like negative a thousand dollars. They're gonna, they're gonna go. How, what the fuck happened here? Josh told this me not to Josh sell. Josh
1: told me not to sell it. Like,
0: <laughs> I didn't look at it, and guess what? I lost it all.
1: <laughs> no, if you don't look at it, you can't lose money. Life hack.
0: That's one of those moments. <laughs> yeah, <that> yeah. <laughs> you don't look at it, you don't know if you're losing it exactly yeah so i guess i'll just say follow us on instagram w negative we're going to start putting stuff out on there we got youtube w negative subscribe download the episodes huge help patreon.com slash w negative we're putting stuff on there now we kind of slack but we're doing stuff now all right kyle any closing words from you no uh thanks josh it's been a pleasure yeah, guys this was a lot of fun yeah that was awesome all right i'm gonna end recording now i can't see this is probably at the end of every podcast it, kind of isn't edited help.
2: Just it is yeah this is life being bound to love